are in this Advent series, our Christmas series, four Sundays leading up to Christmas. Christmas is this coming week, hallelujah. It's Saturday, and hopefully you've found my list and you're prepared. No, I'm teasing. Anyway, I, it, my kids asked me for a Christmas list, and I have one thing that I'm asking for on my Christmas list, and it's the same story every year anymore, and that is the simplicity of time. Time. I want to encourage you in this season to spend time with your family. Spend time as a family. Spend time communicating with loved ones if they are afar, and connect with family. It's so important. And the family of God, the bond of the Spirit. We are the body of Christ. We are the family of God. And so spending time and connecting with the family of God, how important that is as well. And so I want to encourage that. And that's why we also want to give opportunity to gather together with tonight and our Christmas Eve service. And then, of course, the Sunday after Christmas come. We'll be singing a whole lot more Christmas carols uh, Sunday after after Christmas. Uh, Sunday morning today, our worship team was going to be Dennis and Jill. If you have not seen or had not heard, they traveled back to Connecticut. Their daughter, Abigail, their youngest of four, was and has been uh, nominated Miss Oregon. She was competing for Miss America. If you didn't see, she made it to the final 10. Woo! And then, I mean, it was exciting. We had a little watch party at the Moore's house, and I know some of you did too. Anyway, then she made it to the final five, right? And she was, uh, she was I think they call it the fourth runner-up or something to that effect. Anyway, we just want to say to Abigail, Abigail, if you're watching this morning, we are so very, very proud of you. Thank you for letting your light shine on an audience that was uh, spanning potentially the globe and letting Jesus be the Lord of your life. It's amazing. Dennis and Jill, we're praying for you this morning because we know you are under the weather and we're just asking God to bring healing in your bodies. Amen. Amen. So pray for the hazes this morning. We miss them. Uh, got a phone call this morning. It is COVID and uh, Jill has COVID. It's a mild case. They gave me, Dennis just texted me and said, yes, you can let the folks know that it's uh, COVID. So he's in quarantine. She's uh, got COVID. It's a mild, mild case. Uh, but we just want to pray that God would touch, bless. Amen? Amen. So thank you for praying with them and for them. So we come this week to the shepherd's candle. And for those of you who are familiar with Advent, normally today would be the angel candle. We have just kind of shuffled the four weeks and gone in a different order. So today we come to the shepherd's candle. And the shepherd's candle is probably, I, I mean, Honestly, for me, this is the quintessential. There's an evangelist in me that is busting at the seams everywhere I go. Every waking moment, I'm perpetually thinking about the communication of the gospel. We sang this morning. I, Randy, thank God uh, you can't hear me sing because I'm crying over here when we're singing Christmas carols. I'm just weeping. His gospel is peace. Hallelujah. Listen, the good news, man can be at peace with God. There's no more enmity between God and man through Jesus. Our sin has been atoned for. There's no more division. There's no more break. Christ is the Prince of Peace. He makes it possible for you and I to be at peace with God. Hallelujah. Man, if that isn't good news... I don't know what is. I don't know what is. And so we're going to see this morning in this four-week series, He is Come, 
we're going to see in ensampling from the shepherds. It really is, in the series, He Has Come, it is the, it is the shepherd's candle, but the, the message, the, this heartbeat is in ensampling. It's what you and I can look at and glean and learn from and become. Okay, And so let's read together Luke chapter 2. We really, today's text is verse 8 through verse 20, but we have to read the first seven verses to contextually understand what's transpiring here. So follow along with me. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 2. If you haven't your Bibles, the text will be up on the screen here. It says this, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven and the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Praise the Lord. So some lessons, perhaps, we would say from the shepherds. The first thought I have is a a thought that resounds with the shepherds and resounds with you and I. They were given the gospel. The gospel was given to them. The gospel was given to them. 
It was not something that came from their own making. It was not something that was earthly given. It was given from above. An angel came and made proclamation. And the proclamation was good tidings of great joy. The gospel, simply put, is good news. Is good news. Listen, just like those shepherds received good news, you and I have received good news. We are the recipients of good news, the gospel. I pray, and we pray as a church, and I know you pray with us, that the gospel would never be commonplace in our lives. That we would not take the gospel for granted but that it would always echo in our hearts, in our minds, and in our thoughts, and in our dreams. This is good news. I am right with God through his son Jesus. The Savior has come. And he says that the good news will be just for the shepherds. No. No, it would be for all people. Listen, not even just the Jews. Salvation is from the Jews and certainly to the Jews, but it is to all people. Look at your neighbor and says, that includes you. That includes you. Yeah, this, th that includes us. And furthermore, furthermore, it extends beyond you and I. You see, someone, someone conveyed the message of the gospel to you. Now the ball has been handed off, so to speak. It's our opportunity to also be the communicators of this good news because there are some of the all people that live around you, that live around me. They are part of our realm of influence. And so our opportunity is before us with this good news of great joy for all people, for Born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The angel declared that this child that was born in a space where there was no room, all had moved back into their hometown for a quick season to be registered, Joseph and Mary making their way in a time where she's well advanced in her pregnancy, they make their way to Bethlehem, and by the time they get there, all the rooms in the inn are taken, let alone all of the rooftops and other spaces are taken by the other travelers. There's no place for them. And the time came for Jesus to be born. And according to the word of the Lord spoken by the angel Gabriel to Mary, she brought forth her firstborn, she wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and they named him Jesus. And the scripture tells us also that his name will be called Emmanuel, God with us. The God of the universe, the creator of everything we see, took on flesh and became a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. A humble arrival. But the declaration is, a Savior, a Savior, a Savior was born. He is Christ. He is Messiah. He is the Savior of the world. And so, just as they received the gospel, and with joy they received the gospel, I want to encourage all of us to be reminded that we have in us 
Paul writing to the church in Corinth, he said, we carry around in these earthen vessels the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and it is ours to give in earthen vessels, no matter what the condition of your earthen vessel is. You might be a pristine-looking earthen vessel. You know what? We spend a lot of time trying to make the earthen vessel look good, don't we? You can tell I haven't worked on that very hard. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not about the earthen vessel, but rather what's in the earthen vessel that matters. And the light of God has been given to those whose faith is in Jesus. God, by his spirit, has taken up residence in your earthen vessel. The light of the world is now living in us. And the more broken the vessel, the more opportunity for light to shine out. We're all broken. Thanks be to God. His light is shining out. It's no longer about the vessel, but about the contents in the vessel. It's about the Lord. And so let's remember, we are the recipients of the gospel that carries with it a responsibility. Also, I think it's noteworthy that a prophecy was spoken over them on that night. We don't always see when we read the story, because oftentimes it's a familiar story, so we miss some of the actual pieces. But there was a prophecy spoken over these shepherds. The angel said, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths. That is a future declaration of something that is certain because it's already occurred from God's perspective. It's prophetic. Now, I, I reference that to simply say we also, as the children of God, have had prophecy spoken over us. Hallelujah. Throughout the New Testament, there are statements after statements after statements that have a future implication for the body of Christ the church, one of which is a familiar and favorite. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, you will receive power after that the Spirit of God has come upon you. You will receive. It is a certainty. And you will be witnesses unto me. That is a certainty too. It's no longer about the earthen vessel, right? We will be witnesses unto Jesus. And so I love that there's this thing spoken, you will find a babe. This will be a sign. You will find a babe. And they're going to respond, and we'll look at their response in just a moment. But just know a sign was given. A sign. And a sign so to speak, has been given to you and I. The promise of God. The promise of God. The promises of God. They are signs. Listen, when we lay hands on the sick, if we cast out demons, if we raise the dead, it will be a sign to those who see that God is in our midst. Can I get an amen? We want revival to happen, right? Do you want to know the greatest publication and publicizing of the gospel? Or at least that God is present? is when someone is healed. I mean, it's a real deal. Something miraculous happens, good news travels fast. You should have been in church this morning. Fell in row three. Well, let me try and pick a row where there is no one. Fell in the front row over here. He died, and he was raised from the dead. 
People be like, I think I want to go to your church. <laughs> I'm saying simply to say, we have the promises of God. We have the promises. When you and I walk in the promises, when you and I experience the peace of God, when, when we should be in a state of constant anxiety, when we should be stressed out because the world sees the circumstances that some of us are going through, and they're like, how is it that you are not stressed? I'm trusting in the promise of God that they'll say, I need what you have, and they'll want to come. It's a great publication. And so we've received that sign. They were given uh, suddenly. Let me say this too. I love it. If you go through the scripture and you just highlight the portions of scripture when it says, and suddenly. <laughs> I love the and suddenly moments of God. And suddenly there was with the angel a heavenly host praising God. First of all, these men, shepherds, considered in the Jewish social status, if there is something, uh, they were considered the lowest on the social status, mostly because they worked 24-7, which meant they worked on the Sabbath, which meant they were not clean to go in and worship the Lord like the rest. So they were ceremonially unclean. And so in a social status that made them, I can't touch an unclean thing. And so people would avoid them like the plague, so to speak. So there was a, there was a social stigma on them. God revealed this to those that were not of nobility, not of necessarily wise or uh, might or social status. God in his infinite wisdom, shared with them. I love the parable of the great banquet that Jesus tells because the guests that were invited all made excuses why they can't come. And he said, well, then invite the lame, the maimed, the blind, and the sick. And the servant said, we've done that, and there's still room. So he said, go to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Well, we are the guests that have made it there, that means we're the lame, the maimed, the blind, and the sick. <laughs> and there's still room. So we're going out, finding some others in our state. We'll invite everyone, but in most cases, it's going to be the lame, the maimed, the blind, and the sick, and the highways and the hedges. It's the thieves. It's, it's the socially unacceptable that they're not even in the city gate area. They're out on the highways. They don't want to come in. It's the lepers. Right? And we go get them, and we tell them the good news. And so suddenly there was with these shepherds, a multitude. The first angel arrived. We don't know who it was, but I believe it was probably Gabriel again. That's conjecture. He's the one who's making announcements to Daniel back in the Old Testament about good news for Jerusalem. He's made the announcement to Zacharias, this good news about his wife Elizabeth, that his prayers have been heard and Elizabeth is going to bear a son. He's the one who gave the good news to Mary that she would be with child miraculously. I, it stands to reason in my own heart and thinking that it was Gabriel. It doesn't matter who it was. It was one angel and the shepherds were certainly terrified at his presence. And now... There's a multitude of the heavenly host. I love that when 
the Lord uses adjectives like multitude. He normally means multitude or whatever that adjective is. There were a lot of angels. Now, I don't know about you, I've never seen one angel. Well, back when I was in college, I was praying in my room one day, and I had a vision in my room. And I had a vision that angels were coming in and they were landing, and as they landed on one foot, they set the other foot down, they had a shield in one hand and a sword, and they turned and they looked toward heaven, and one would land next to him, and then another next to him, and then another next to him, and literally around my entire house. And I thought, wow. And I remember when I came out of my prayer time, I grabbed my sketching, my sketch pad, because I'm a wannabe artist, and I drew a picture of one of the angels that I saw in the vision. I have it to this day. If the angels are like that, I could see why they would be afraid because of their brilliance and because of their might and because of whose they represent or whom they represent. And so here's one, and then a multitude. They were given us suddenly, and suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts. Listen, God is doing something in their hearts, and I want to encourage every one of us today that God has suddenly moments for you and I if we will have our eyes open and our heads up and be paying attention, we have our suddenly moments where God moves and they were also given a saying, glory to God on earth, peace. You see, the gospel is being declared even by angels at this point. On earth, peace and goodwill toward men. So, you and I, we've had prophecy over our lives. The totality of the New Testament, the totality of the Old Testament. For the scripture says in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 9, we are blessed with believing Abraham. That means that we're blessed like Abraham. So everything in the Abrahamic covenant in Christ is ours. Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he said, all of the promises of God are in him, yes, and in him, amen. We have these glorious prophecies, future tellings of things in our lives. It's expedient for us to know those, right? It's expedient. Not prophetic in like the prophecies that are messianic somehow apply to us. No, they apply to Jesus, hallelujah. But those things that were spoken and the blessings that are spoken to Abraham, those same blessings in Christ Jesus because the new covenant encapsulates everything contained in the old covenant. Hallelujah. That was your opportunity to get excited. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, and so we're blessed. And so what's the response? Well, I love the response of the shepherds. Not to make it too complicated, they believed the word of God. They believed the word. The angel spoke. They believed it. Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. It was told them Messiah is born. They said, let's go see this thing that has happened. They believed that it had happened. Does that make sense? 
please let it sink in. They believed the word of the Lord. We have the word of the Lord. Let's believe what God says. Let's believe his words and act on them. They acted on it. Let's go see. Let's go see. They behaved toward the word of God. Let's go. Let's go. I liken this unto kind of the go of God. The go of God. It's like Isaiah. When Isaiah, in Isaiah, the sixth chapter, it says, uh, it was in the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord seated on his throne, high and exalted. The train of his robe filled the temple. And then he goes on to say, and I overheard them speaking. Whom shall we send and who will go for us? Who will go for us? And Isaiah's response, here am I. Send me. And God spoke to him and said, go and tell this people. And that's what God's saying to the shepherds, and that's what God's saying to you and I. And they said, let us go. Let's go. And we need to be the ones who say, let's go. Let's go. We've got an assignment. They bolted quickly at the word of God. I love it. It says, uh, they took haste, or they made haste. I always wondered when you read it in the King James, they took haste. Who is haste? <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> With haste they left. Oh, haste, come, <laughs> let's go. They moved. Look, I know how it is, right? I mean, we all have stuff in life, things going on. And I wasn't born... I was born at night, but not last night. <laughs> There's things that deter us from the most important things in life. I mean, the parable of the sower makes it clear. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things, they choke the word of God out. And what should be most important to us? You look at the life of Abraham, and from Genesis chapter 15 through Genesis chapter 22, take time, do a study. A handful of chapters, some eight chapters. You read those eight chapters and you discover that Abraham was he's kind of like us. I mean, he's the father of faith. And so, I mean, it's amazing, amazing story. And we're like, how could I ever equate to Abraham? No, the point I'm making is he's a man with a nature like ours. And his obedience was not instantaneous. In fact, a careful study of those eight chapters, you'd discover that he had all kinds of varying levels of obedience. I mean, even arguing with God about things. Oh, if you would just bless my son Ishmael. And God says, no, no. In fact, God doesn't even acknowledge Ishmael. Later when he says, take thy son, thy only son Isaac to the mountain. He doesn't, he doesn't acknowledge the work of the flesh. It's just amazing. But when you get to chapter 22 and God calls him to offer his only son, the scripture says immediately. It, it's like the next morning, bright and early before the sun came up, he's loading the mules 
He's packing, he's getting the wood, he's got the fire, he's got the servants, and they're on their way out. He didn't consult with Sarah, his wife. He's like, I'm going. And he got to the place where it was immediate obedience. These guys, they heard, they moved. They made haste. Can I suggest to you that's a good example for you and me? When, God's, when God speaks, his children should listen and move and move. Here's the beauty. He has spoken. He's already spoken. And the message has been the same. He said, go. Go and make. Go and make and tell them everything that I have commanded you. The assignment's the same. He has spoken. What will we do? So, the beauty is they went and they made haste and they, uh, they, they, they saw the babe and they're going to respond even to that. There's a reaction to the discovery. They saw Jesus. They saw Messiah. And if you're here today and you're born again or you're watching online and you're born again, you have had revelation of Jesus through God the Holy Spirit, and you have in fact seen, taste and see that the Lord is good. And you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. So there's a, there's a reaction to seeing the Lord. The shepherds, it says, they went and made widely known he has come. So let me just, a response in their obedience, uh, they're going to beget uh, also a reward. They got to see Mary and Joseph and the babe. We too, we too get to see the Lord because the Spirit of God has revealed him to us. And now what is the reaction to the gospel and their discovery of its fulfillment? When they had seen him, the scripture says, they made known he has come. He has come. They proclaim the gospel. This is an ensampling to you and me. We have one mission. It's the gospel. To proclaim the gospel. To make disciples of all people. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all things that I have commanded you. That's our assignment. Our problem is we get distracted from the assignment of our commander-in-chief. Now, we all make a living, and we all have to do, you know, whether you're making widgets or making other widgets, <laughs> whatever it is that we do, we do, but we're not, we're not a widget maker. We're a Christ follower that happens to be making widgets. And so we proclaim the gospel where we are and where we go. And I know St. Francis of Assisi, Assisi, that's how Boniface got a black eye. He called St. Francis a sissy. St. <laughs> Francis of Assisi said, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. Well, I'm here to remind all of us it's necessary to use words. We must proclaim. It is a verbal annunciation of the gospel. So they proclaimed the gospel, and they made known Christ has come. But they did it prodigiously, and they publicized the gospel. To do it prodigiously, it, they, were, they were good at what they did. They made it known, but they made it widely known. They publicized it. They broadcast the message. 
It's like the seed bag, you know, Johnny Appleseed, right? He's got this little sash over him. It's full of seed. He sticks his hand in there, scoops up a handful, and he broadcasts it. We need to be broadcasting. And in our broadcasting, some will fall on the wayside. Some will fall on the stony soil. Some will fall on the, amidst the thorns and the thistles. But some will fall on good soil and bring forth a harvest, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. Let us be the broadcasters of the gospel. They made it prodigiously publicized, widely known, impressively great in its extent, size, and degree. And they came back praising God. Can I say, here's, just a, here's, here's a good thing to do. Let's rejoice in the work of the Lord. Can I get an amen? Look, when the gospel brings forth a harvest, we get to rejoice. We get to say, praise the Lord. Say that with me this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is moving. God is saving souls. This is the gospel. The Son of God has come. Messiah has come. Christ, the Son of David, was born. He lived a sinless life. He died upon a cross, shedding his own blood for the remission of the sins of the world. The scripture says that he did not remain in the grave, but after being buried three days later, he rose from the dead for the grave had no, no hold on him because the power of sin is death. And listen, he had no sin, so death had no reign on him. He rose again and he lives forevermore. And if we would but put our faith in Jesus, our trust and our hope in what Christ accomplished upon the cross at Calvary, shedding his own blood, our sin would be forgiven, atoned for, covered. And he gives the gift of eternal life. That's good news. I have an eternal destiny. I know where I'm going. If death in this world knocks at my door, thanks be to God, I know where I'm going to wake up as I pass through from this life to the next. We're on our way to heaven. No more crying there. We are going to see the king. No more crying there. We are going to see the king. No more crying there. We are going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to see the king. That's it. There's no more dying there. We keep singing. <laughs> I could keep singing. You weren't really singing. <laughs> we know where we're going, and we want everyone to go with us. Can I get an amen? So let's be the shepherds of this day, and let's make widely known the gospel. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to invite you to stand with me this morning. Don't panic. It's only 1014, and Pastor Dave's coming to a close. This is only my first closing. <laughs> if you're here this morning and you have not put your hope and faith in Jesus, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Put your hope in the Lord. Put your hope in the Lord. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. The scripture tells us it is by grace we have been saved through faith. 
through faith. It is not of works. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We exercise faith by putting our trust in what Christ accomplished upon the cross. We make confession with our mouth. The Bible says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're here this morning or you're watching online, we want to give you the opportunity to invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life. This is the gospel. This is the good news. Pray with me this morning. Father, this morning in Jesus, we come. We are so grateful, God, for the good news of the gospel. Lord, how desperately I know we all really want to be like the shepherds. You have called us to be your ambassadors, each one of us. It's not just for the work of the evangelist. Each one of us is an evangelist because you have declared, do the work of an evangelist. And so, God, because you've called us to do the work of an evangelist, you will equip us to do that, and you have done so. You've given us the ensampling of the shepherds. These are not trained orators. Many of them were probably only schooled up to sixth grade. And yet, it was through the humility of some guys who simply responded, let us go see. And when they saw, they made widely known all those things that were spoken to them about this child, Messiah. And so, Lord, may we also, whether we have a kind of a graduated sixth grade brain or no matter where we are on that whole spectrum, Lord, let's do our assignment as your ambassadors making widely known the message. And for those who may be listening, those who may be in this room today, if you would like to put your hope and faith in Christ, would you indicate that simply by raising your hand and saying to me this morning, that's me, I want to make Jesus Lord. Amen, I see that, I see that one too. Praise God, praise God. Any others, you just want to declare it and say, Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. I see that. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I saw that one too. Another. Come on. This is good. God, if there be any in the house today or online that simply say, I'm rededicating. Maybe some that raise their hand are just saying, I'm just declaring and rededicating. But if there are others, just say, yes, I want to rededicate and say, me, God, me, you first. Hallelujah. And so, Lord, we make that declaration together. Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Will you say that with me? Jesus Christ, Lord of my life. Jesus, be the Lord. Thank you for the forgiveness of sin. We confess, God, we're sinners. We're just sinners. Let's all say that together. We're just sinners. We're just sinners, God. We need you. Cover us. Cleanse us. And receive us. Thank you that our names are written in the Lamb's book. In heaven, we have a destiny with heaven. Lord, we look to that day. We celebrate today the first advent. We look to the second advent of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Be glorified, Lord. We love you. We thank you. And we ask your blessings, your benediction. And may this week be a week of celebration because Jesus has come. He is come. Amen and amen. Hey, the Lord bless you and keep you. Have an amazing week in Jesus. Spend time with family. If you have any prayer needs, please come see our prayer ministers. They'll be right over here to my left. God bless you. Have an amazing week.